opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. And hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Main Menu Live for October 28, 2020. I'm Larry Gassman, along with John and Jeff Bishop. And we also have uh, David Dumphy here, who will be answering phones as well. And, of course, Eric Damery is here from Vespero. And guess what, folks? Even Brian Harjan has slithered in early just to take notes and get ready for the second hour when he'll be here to talk about Lisey. What's that? He's not awake. Well, I didn't say he was awake. He's asleep. (laughs) See if we can hear him snoring every once That's that's fine. Welcome, you guys. Thanks so much for being here. And I'm looking forward to this. And... uh, you know, maybe before we... First of all, let's welcome Eric to the show, firstly. And secondly, Eric, I don't know if you know how fascinating it is to go through some of the lists, like the JAWS lists, because every third question is, so when is JAWS coming out? When is ZoomText coming out? <laughs> and of course, a lot of us who think we know have said, any moment now. And then, of course, because of some issues that took place, you've had to change that. And maybe before we do anything else, you can tell people what's really going to be happening. Sure. Well, happy Halloween, first of all. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you know, what? what is the date today? The 28th? 28th, yeah. yes. So yesterday was release day, and we missed. Uh, we don't miss very often, but we did miss this year. Uh, but never fear. Things are well in hand, and uh, we're on track. We'll get a public beta three out next week, uh, I think very early in the week. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, and we've also got next week the elections going on in the U.S. Uh, so it's going to be a little noisy with all of that going on. Um, so probably the week after or the week after that, we'll probably go, you know, middle of the month at the latest, I would think, we'll get the final release out. So watch for it at that time. But if you haven't gotten it yet, by all means, grab Public Beta 2 now, and you'll get Public Beta 3 announcement next week. We are going to take questions from you at uh, some point a little later in the hour, and we'll let you know when that is. And David will be here to tell you what to do in terms of muting and unmuting, etc., and raising hands. But, Eric, the reason we asked you to come was to talk a little bit about JAWS and Fusion and Zoom Talks, because all Zoom Talks, because they're all coming out a little later, but they are coming out, and there are some new features, etc. So maybe we could begin with that. Sure. Well, um, I, I've got to, you know, first of all, I've got to just say to you guys, congratulations for your Dodgers. I know you're, uh, you're, uh, this, this doesn't happen too often. Do you know that it happened in 88 and in 2020, the Lakers and Dodgers won in both those years within, you know, a few months apart earlier. But it's amazing. It is. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. Well, and it was, was a great uh, series. Really great my, series. I enjoyed I was, it. I was back and forth with my older daughter this week, and I was texting with her. 
And at one point I said, go raise. And then I said, wait a minute, did I really just say that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've always just rooted for the Red Sox. I, I've always hated the Rays because uh, they're always giving the Red Sox a hard time. Sure. Now, it was a, it was a, you know, it was an interesting season this year. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the the two best teams were there at the end, and if the Rays could have ever hit the ball, exactly, uh, it would have been a better series. But it was pretty good. It often happens. They'd have left their, they'd have left their, their pitcher, pitcher in. in last night. Yep, they might have won well, that game. Yeah, but that's you know that's the way they have done it. They just yeah, don't yeah. let these guys go through the order three times, and uh, who's to say? You know? Most times it works for them. It didn't work it last night. It usually did. Yeah. It got, it's what got them here, and they tried it again, and it, it didn't work. But the Dodgers are a great team. But anyway, yeah. that's behind me. I, I'm looking forward to next year. <laughs> um, so anyway, we, we do have uh, quite a bit going on with the software. Uh, you know, this year was a little different. Not only did we do a public beta with JAWS for Windows, but we had a public beta for Zoom Text 2021 and Fusion 2021. We put all three out there, and the team's been working really hard. You know, my my hat goes off to the all of the developers and the testers who, of course, would like to do these individual product releases that would just help on their whole scheduling. But we made a commitment, and we said we're going to keep these things in sync, and we're going to release everything at the same time, and. And uh, it's worked out quite well, and they've, they've done a great job this year bringing the, the three products together. So I will get into this a little bit and cover some of the key changes that have gone on. Um, but be- before I do, I, I do want to mention uh, our FS casts that have been coming out recently. Um, just today was the most recent one. And if you haven't gotten uh, to listen to an FS cast or read an FS cast because we put out transcripts of them, you can go to the Freedom Scientific homepage and get access to them there. And uh, you can also get access to them through Alexa and, and so forth as well. So please check them out. The one today I thought was particularly interesting to hear from um, Rachel Bradley Montgomery talking about accessible escape rooms, and I had an opportunity to go through the virtual one, and it was really interesting. And so for those of you who are into stuff like this, listen in, put your name in, and try and get into a group and challenge yourself to go through one of these accessible escape rooms. They put a lot of effort into this, and it's actually quite interesting. And then uh, Glenn also introduced a guy named Ed Potter that I know many um, folks who have been around for a number of years and listening to the radio have uh, are familiar with Ed Potter, and he was an interesting guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that was a good one. And in the prior FS cast, 189, Glenn demonstrated some of these things that we'll talk about tonight that are in 2021. So in addition to listening to us talk about them here tonight, if you didn't get a chance to hear FSCast 189, go back and listen to that. And Glenn kind of gives you some insight into how it works. Um, And I think that's always useful uh, to get that insight from someone actually trying it out so that you know what it's supposed to be doing. And one more uh, back, 187, 
Uh, I know a lot of the folks here on ACB Radio are very familiar with Dan Clark and all of the work he's done over the years with us at Henner Joyce and then Freedom Scientific and Vespero on the training materials and uh, and out and about. Dan retired this uh, fall, and Glenn interviewed him back in August on the FSCast 187. So you might want to chime in to that one and give a listen. And uh, if any of you know Dan and wanted to drop a line, by all means, you can send it in to the company at info at vespero.com or to uh, to me directly, edamory at vespero.com, and I'll make sure that it gets to Dan. And he's still, uh, he's still around. He's still doing some stuff on the web and some training, and I think he's doing some contract work for the company. Um, but uh, he's worked really hard over the years. So anyway, that's a little bit about what's going on with FSCast. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is the, the webinars that they're doing in the training department. Uh, there's a whole um, series of things that are coming out um, almost every couple of weeks now, I think. But they've done recently one on hosting Zoom meetings with JAWS, and they've done one recently on the new Edge Chromium browser uh, getting to know that browser a little bit, and you should because it's a it is a good browser, and I think it's going to be the big replacement for IE for those people who don't go directly to Chrome. They'll end up in the Edge browser, and I know we'll see that in a lot of the federal agencies. So it's good to get to know that one. So anyway, that's a little bit about the webinar, and there's an awful lot of material out there, and the team is working really hard at creating new material and new content. So. Uh, check in on that. So 2021 releases, as I mentioned, Public Beta 3 will hit next week here just after Halloween. Um, we will get the final release out by the middle of November. We don't want to get into the Thanksgiving holiday, so we'll make sure we hit the middle of the month. Um, if you have uh, got the beta on or you put the beta on, you put on public beta three, by all means, the form on the beta page is still there. Keep filling the form out. While we're not making many changes at this point for the final release, we're in our final testing. Um, If you find something and submit it, the team will still be going through all those forms right up through the release and a lot of those uh, enhancements or fixes will find their way into either the December update or the late January update. So if you do see something, submit it. And oftentimes, you know, people tell me, well, somebody probably turned that one in. Well, it's good if, if you do see something and it's something you use all the time, submit it. Because oftentimes the more often we see something, Uh, reported, the higher it gets on the list. So as far as features go, I'll run through some of the key features, describe them a bit, and then uh, we'll pause after and we can talk about some of these. The first one I want to start with is PictureSmart. We've made some significant improvements to a feature that we first introduced back in the 2019 release. Um, in JAWS and Fusion. And uh, 
Picture Smart allows you to be able to take uh, a picture that someone has either sent to you or you've taken them on your phone and you've saved them onto a drive. You can move to that drive. You can go to those files and you can have JAWS analyze the picture. And, and really what happens is JAWS takes the picture, sends it to the cloud. It gets analyzed by some of the AI services such as Microsoft and Google. It gets results and it sends you those results back and gives you a description in the results viewer of whatever that picture was. And uh, you can then uh, either take that feedback and maybe change the name of the picture so you'll know what it is in the future. It could be very useful. Um, we've made some changes in the 2020 in the 2021 release so that we can now describe images right on a web page. So as you're moving through something like Facebook, you can land on a graphical image that might be a picture of something. You can do insert spacebar, which is the layered command, the letter P for picture smart. And while in picture smart, you would use C. C is the command we use for control or in this case, this element, which is a graphical image. And it will take that image and get you a description of it. It'll send it up and get a description. Now, there's also a feature, and I believe that in the FS cast I mentioned earlier, where Glenn discussed in September some of the uh, changes and features, I think he may have mentioned, but Google uh, is actually offering some of this description of things now, too. So you could actually move through Facebook and Google will automatically describe some of these pictures to you. It sends it to the cloud and takes advantage of it. And that is something I would encourage you to turn on. So you don't necessarily have to use PictureSmart on all of these things. If it's something that that is set up and they can handle it, you can get that done right through the browser itself. But in the case where something is not, you can grab grab it with JAWS and send it to the cloud and, and get a different interpretation of it. Um, we're also trying to introduce some of this for multiple languages. So in our initial release of PictureSmart, it was only in English, but now if you're using a language other than English, you can also be attempting to use the PictureSmart feature and uh, it will uh, send it up and uh, get it interpreted by the service. And there are multiple languages now that are handled within the service to send it back. And if it's not handled within those uh, services in the cloud, we're actually using machine language to try and get an interpretation of the description to send back to your language. So uh, this is our first step, and you know we are a multi uh, multilingual product. We're distributed um, outside the U.S. Almost fifty percent of the products. So getting it in those other languages was very important, and we uh, we were pleased to be able to make that uh, come through here in the 2021 release. So we're getting some good feedback from our international distributors who have been working with this a bit so far, and uh, we encourage lots of users who work with different languages to try it out. 
um, a little bit about how to get started with it in Picture Smart. Again, if you do the insert space and the letter P in the layered command to get into Picture Smart, do a question mark and it will give you the different options that are available. One of the best ways to get started if you've never used this is if you've got a picture folder and it's got a lot of pictures in it, go to those pictures and you can start to do uh, those keystrokes. Insert space P and you'd find out that F is the keystroke for file. So you can have, uh, you can do it with uh, F or you can do a shift F and it'll actually get you a more complete interpretation of that picture. So that's picture smart. The next thing we'll talk about a little bit is OCR. And this, again, is a feature that we've had for a while, convenient OCR, and we've expanded and made modifications to it. Um, previously, we were using an earlier version actually of Internet Explorer to be able to, or HTML, an earlier version of HTML to uh, deliver those results in the results viewer. And we've updated that, which um, gives you the results back in a little better formatting. So you're not going to be stuck in uh, tables. And most of the, many of the times when you would do a large document and get it in the results viewer, it could be very difficult to read because it was being split up as a table. And um, and so there's a great deal of improvement in that area now. But also, you can, instead of having to uh, get the results of your OCR, then having to select it, copy it to the clipboard, and paste it into Word, you can choose now to send it directly to Microsoft Word if you've got it installed on the computer. Uh, you can do this by um, uh, going right into a context menu. So when you move to a like a PDF file that is an image, you can do a uh, context menu on that, and you'll find right in there convenient OCR, and you'll find a choice that says convenient OCR directly to Word, and you, you can choose that now. Uh, if you've done a recognition in the results, you'll also find at the bottom of the results, save to Word or send to Word. And if you choose that link at the bottom, it'll take those results, it'll send them straight into Word and it'll open up and you'll have it right there. And then you can save it and, and work with it. So that's OCR directly to Word. Make sure you try that one out. Um, the next thing I want to kind of hit on, which I think has gotten maybe most of the interest from a lot of our beta testers, our new voice assistant feature. Now, this is available currently for JAWS and for ZoomText. If you're running Fusion, it's available to you, but only for the magnification options at this point. We are going to work on improving this so that you'll be able to do both magnification and the screen reading uh, features that Voice Assistant can offer, but that's not there yet. So it's either Zoom Text or JAWS commands. Now, the way it works is Voice Assistant is not dictation software. Rather, it's a solution to try and give you access to do some of those things that you don't always do in JAWS or you may not remember 
uh, how what the keystroke was to get to it. And so when JAWS is running, this is on by default when you install it. And like those devices that you have at your house and you say that magical word that starts with an A, and I'm not saying it now just to make sure that all of your devices don't go off, but the wake-up word um, to be able to get to it, and then you can ask it a question. It interprets what you've said through the cloud, and it tries to give you the results back, and that's what Voice Assistant is doing, the same type of a service. So with JAWS, and I will apologize, I'm going to say the wake word, so if you are running JAWS right now, get ready. You're probably going to hear something. Uh, the wake word is Sharky. And when you say that, it starts to listen for the next thing you say. So you can try things like, Sharky, what time is it? And <clears throat> Sharky heard that. It took the next thing it heard. It sent it to the cloud. It was interpreted. And it comes back and it looks for a command in JAWS that is as closely associated to what you said. So you don't have to say exactly the right words. Oftentimes you can say something close to it. It'll interpret it and, and try and make its best guess as to what you were trying to ask for. Um, so you can experiment with that. Now, there are other things that you can ask it in JAWS. Uh, you know, you can ask it to to talk faster or talk slower. You can ask it to um, change settings. It'll put you into the settings center. You can ask it for command search. It'll put you into the JAWS command search. You can, if you're on a PDF file in Windows Explorer and you don't remember what the commands are to go through convenient OCR to get to that, you can just say OCR PDF. Um, if you're on the web page and you want to find out what the headings are on the web page and you don't remember the command to get to it, you can say list the headings. Uh, in a Word document, you can ask it to list spelling errors and it'll put all the spelling mistakes in a list box. So there are a lot of things it can do. There are a lot of things it could do in the future as well. And one of the things about this feature is that it is going to capture the different things that consumers are saying. So if you're trying to do something and enough of you are trying to do the same thing, we'll get to see that there's a particular request coming in and it's coming in quite often and we're not getting results for that. And we may be able to try and interpret what that question is and start to put those results in. So, even though the feature may not work for what you want to do, don't hesitate. Try and, ex try and explore with this. Try and uh, test it out, and we'll be able to uh, pick up on what folks are trying to accomplish. Um, one of the things that we added in, I believe we got put in for the final release, is the screen shade. So to be able to toggle the screen shade on and off, I uh, thought that would be a good one. Uh, there'll be, you know, a lot of features that people will want to do on job sites as well, which are not there yet because scripters can't assign things to these. But that's something that I'm trying to push for and I think we'll get to in the future. 
so that uh, scripters in job sites will be able to set up these voice commands to be able to perform particular tasks in a job, which will make it a lot easier for someone trying to learn how to do their job if they don't have to remember too many keystrokes and, and voice commands can step in to do those. And we'll even look at trying to introduce a solution where when you ask it to do something, not only will it be able to do it, it'll also be able to tell you what the command was to do that so that the next time you might just push the keystroke instead of talking to the computer to get it. So this is a feature intended to try and help out people who don't necessarily know all the keystrokes yet and want to be able to start taking advantage of this. It's also, I mentioned, it's in ZoomText. The wake word for ZoomText is Zoomy, Z-O-O-M-Y. And in I know in Germany, we're already changing it, so it'll be Hey Zoomy and Hey Sharky. In the U.S., I don't think you need the Hey yet. You can just say Sharky or Zoomy. And in ZoomText, you'll be able to do things like increasing Zoom level. Um, you'll be able to tell it to... Uh, set the set the magnification level to five, or uh, set magnification to one, or magnification off, and it'll set it to one. Uh, so there'll be things like that. You'll be able to also increase your speech rate and and so forth on magnification on uh, uh, Zoom text uh, mag reader if you have that. Um, you can also get it to do things like open the app reader and. Uh, change color enhancements. Uh, you'll be able to ask what time it is, just like you can in JAWS. It'll give you the time. I'm not sure if we've got the date in there. we got to get that in there as well. But uh, that's a little bit about voice assistant. Again, this is kind of an introductory feature. It isn't done yet, but we thought we had it to a point where maybe it's time to roll this out and let the users start to look at it and let's see how people take advantage of it and the kinds of things that that work for you. So please don't hesitate to experiment with it. Um, say some things that you'd like to hear it do. Um, I, I believe we've actually, uh, you, you may even be able to have Sharky tell you a joke once in a while. So you might have to try that out once you get the final release installed. And uh, give us some feedback. Send it in. We'd be happy to hear about it. Now, if you're using a Bluetooth headset, you may discover that it's not going to work. The wake word will not work uh, because we've ran into some issues when people were trying to use um, different headsets like this that were not USB. Some worked, some didn't, but I think we had a uh, I think we disabled it for all of them. But there is a keystroke to be able to get access to the voice assistant. You can do <clears throat> insert plus uh, alt plus spacebar. And that turns the wake word on. So that makes it start to listen for the wake word. So insert plus alt plus spacebar. And... Uh, then in this case, you don't need to, to give it the voice command to get it to start listening. So try that out. And uh, let's see, a couple of other things that we've done. Microsoft Teams is an area where we've put a lot of work in. For those of you who are not familiar with Teams, 
this is a uh, productivity tool that that Microsoft has designed that many organizations, including Vespero, uh, are taking advantage of and starting to use. It's a place where we can collaborate with each other and hold meetings. We can share files. We can chat with each other during the meetings. We can chat with the group. Um, and it's really uh, one of those business tools that uh, is going to be around for a long time, I think. Many, many people are going to be using Teams. And it, while it started off quite clunky from a screen reader standpoint as far as, you know, it doesn't have necessarily keystrokes to hang up on a call. So if you're in a meeting and you want to get out of the meeting, you currently, if you don't have access to a mouse, you had a tab around the interface to find the hang up button to hang up, which was not very intuitive. They didn't have a keystroke to get to it. So we've made some changes in the 2021 release so that there are some keystrokes to do this now. And you can hang up on a call that's in progress uh, by doing an Alt-H. We put a script in for that. And we've even done a, a command. So if you're in a Teams um, meeting and you want to raise or lower your hand, you can use Alt-R to do it. Um, and we have some keystrokes to be able to jump around, to be able to navigate faster without having to tab around. You can use Alt-1 through 5 to get into the different tabs that would be available within the interface. Now, I will tell you that in Teams, for those of you who have started to use it, um, it really depends on where you are uh, in the application, if you're in the chat area or if you're in one of the... Um, the tree views moving through your list of teams and so forth, or if you're in the calendar. And it depends where you are as to which keystrokes work. Um, so it, it does take some getting used to. We've put a webinar out on Teams, and I would encourage you, if you're interested in using it or if you are using it, you might want to give that webinar a listen and get some uh, some guidance on it. There's a lot going on with that today. Um. So that's a bit about Teams. Eric, um, yeah. and last Thursday on the ACB community call, Matt Adair did a terrific uh, demo of mm -hmm. Teams with JAWS uh, for about an hour. So that's now available as a podcast through ACB radio. So, so if you are listening to that, I would definitely try and tune in and get through that if you're going to be trying to use Teams. And even if you're not, eventually you might be. And I'm telling you, this is uh, one of those applications I think a lot of people are going to end up using. A um, couple of other uh, smaller things, but important, still the same. We had we added a keystroke to change punctuation level. You know, we've always had the keystroke to be able to change um, what gets echoed when you're typing characters, words, both or none. And that keystroke was the JAWS key and number two on the number row, we added in the shift key to that. So if you do JAWS key shift two, you'll cycle through the different punctuation levels. And you may discover that you're in a situation where you want to hear all punctuation and you can quickly get to that now by using that command. We've also added a keystroke insert spacebar followed by N to have JAWS repeat whatever the last Windows notification was that was spoken. Oftentimes, these things happen while you're doing something and you interrupted it, 
um, or you hit the control key to silence it because you were listening to something else and you don't want to hear that. And then you can go back to it and find out what that last notification was that was spoken. So insert space, layered command plus N for the last notification. Um, you can also do this on a Braille display, uh, right shift plus N to be able to uh, get access to that last notification. And there is a Microsoft keystroke insert, uh, excuse me, the Windows key plus A jumps you into the notifications area where you can go through those notifications. Now, in the future, watch as we continue to look at making some changes in this area because I think it would be um, helpful if users had the opportunity to determine which notifications could be recalled and maybe you even get a way to virtualize the notifications so that you can skip back through and see what you've missed rather than just getting access to the last one. Um, so we'll continue to look at that area. And then one of the other things that we've added, which will be beneficial, that I'm going to tell you about and ask you not to go and take advantage of it until you're talking to support, and that is the new FS support tool. Um, if you're somebody who's run into issues in the past and you've called tech support, you may have had the experience of going back and forth with support because they want to know, well, what version of JAWS are you using? And what is the version of Windows? And what is the version of Microsoft Office? Or what's the version of your browser? And by the way, how much RAM do you have? And what's the processing speed on your computer? And are there any crash logs or dump files? And what are your user settings set to? All of these things that the support team may need to ask because those are the things that help to narrow down what was going on and help our developers better understand and come up with a solution. Well, this new support tool is something that the tech support guys can now and gals can now have you run on your computer when you're talking to them, and it will generate a file, a zip file that contains all the pertinent information about the various application versions, any crash logs. It'll even grab your user settings, pack it all up in a zip file, safely encrypt it and send it up into a cloud server where our support team can get access to it and attach it to a record for a developer to, to review and go over whatever the symptoms were uh, that were happening on your computer along with all of this information. So it's much faster and easier for the consumer, and it should give us a lot more valuable information to go into these bugs, and hopefully we can get things solved quicker in the future. So there was a lot of work that went into this, and while it's not a necessarily a feature that the average uh, consumer out there is going to take advantage of, I'll tell you right now, this is going to make a difference and it will really help us out. So when you're talking to the support guys and they ask you about running that FS support tool, uh, do it with them. And I do mention it, if you're having an issue, just going in and running the support tool and having it send the file up won't necessarily help. Uh, they really need to get a description of what was going on. So, Talk to support, and if they ask you to do it, 
It'll be very simple. It's in the UI. It's available both from JAWS and Zoom text and, of course, Fusion as a result. So it can be run from any of the products, and, uh, and it should really help out. So with that, I think I'll hold off, and maybe we can get into some questions. And uh, Go ahead, David. Okay, so if you have any questions for Eric, if you're using um, your PC for Windows, the command to do that is Alt-Y, um, and on the phone, it is star 9. And on the iPhone, because it's a webinar setting, it should be on your main screen. And once you raise your hand, I will call on you and ask you to unmute, which is Alt-A on the computer, uh, star 6 on the phone. And you should see it in on, on your phone in the lower right-hand corner. Uh, more box will pop up and you'll be able to unmute. Uh, and you'll be able to then engage with Eric about the questions. So I'm going to see if we have raised hands. Several. And... Well, two. <laughs> Three. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yep, we have quite a bit. So, uh, Diane, Diane Scalzi, if you could um, unmute yourself and ask Eric your question. And let me know, guys, when you want me to stop taking questions, if that comes, should come up. Okay. Um, I think this is the first time I've ever gotten in first. Um, hi, David hi, Diane. and Eric and everybody. Um, I think it's a little, I just have a comment. I think it's a little interesting maybe that, your commands for leaving um, teams and raising hands and stuff. I, I think it would have been um, neat if you could make them the same command codes that everybody's used to um, with Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that—that uh, that is a—that is a good point. I, I sometimes I think we assign. Uh, these things without thinking about some of the other applications. It would definitely be easier to remember. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what happens is the developers here looked at what's raise hand and what is hang up and uh, picked keystrokes that made sense for them in that case. But that's a good point. I'll take that feedback, and uh, we'll go back and look. I think it is something that you – these are scripts – so they are things that you could change in the keyboard manager, but uh, you're right. Trying to keep it in sync with with what Zoom had done probably made sense. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Lynette, if you could unmute yourself, please, and ask your question. Um, I just wanted to know. Uh, if you are going to send this through as a regular update, you know how they it comes on. It says, "Oh, there's an update for JAWS. But do you want to, you know, upgrade or is this, you know, different?" <laughs> Thank um, you. Um, and Eric, um, you and I go back a long way. So do we? <laughs> do we? Where are you from, Lynette? Do, do you remember the lighthouse back in the day? I think in the '90s with Myrna Voda and the whole I crowd. Do. I, I was do. there. <laughs> yes. Yes, well, you you certainly have the Myrna Voda accent going, so. Yeah, well, I do. Uh Oh, I better start changing my accent. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. So so this is a great point that you asked, and I'm glad you did. I was uh, remiss in not bringing it up earlier. If somebody has JAWS 2020 or ZoomText or Fusion 2020 installed, and if – You've been staying up to date, so you got the August 
update that came out a couple of months ago, then when the final release of our software comes out for 2021, when you're running 2020, you will be informed that there is a new version available opposed to a new update for that version that you're running. So you'll actually be informed that a new version has come out. And if your authorization key on your computer entitles you to be able to run that, uh, it'll just tell you a new version is available. Would you like to get it? And you can choose to get it. It'll download it and install it and come up running. If you're not, if your key is not authorized to run that new version yet, it will tell you that the new version is available, but it will let you know that your license needs to be updated in order to run it so that you can decide at that point, maybe I don't want to install it yet. Um, but that is a big change. This is the first time we've done this. And uh, this is how we're going to be informing people about these new versions. So if you're someone in the U.S. that remembers the days where we used to actually send DVDs out to you when the new version would come out or letters, we are starting to announce this right in the software. So if you're running an earlier version, you'll get told about the new release as it comes out in that fashion. Okay. Thank okay. you. And Eric, mm-hmm. just as a follow-up question to that, will it also give you the option to import any script or settings into that new version once it's been installed? Yeah, so if you're installing JAWS for Windows, it gives you the opportunity to migrate your settings from the previous version. It'll pull them in, and you'll be able to start using them. If you're running Zoom Text, when you install the new version we're going to look and see about any magnification settings you had, and we're automatically going to pull them in. So if you're a low-vision person, you don't have to decide about migrating. We're just going to migrate those settings for you because that was what you were comfortable with using, so we'll bring them in. Okay, we have a phone number. Last three digits are 940. You've been given the permission to unmute, so if you could do just don't ask your question, that would be great. This is Amy. I have a Windows 7. Will that new JAWS work with Windows 7? Well, um, that's a good question, Amy. It should install, but there are going to be some of the new features that will not necessarily work. So things like Voice Assistant, um, some of the newer technologies and things that we're taking advantage of in the cloud, we're not bringing that stuff back to Windows 7. Um, Windows 7 has been uh, dropped as far as maintenance by Microsoft. And I've got to warn you that if you're connected to the Internet and you're still running Windows 7, things could get bad for you in the very near future. Uh, There's some malicious people out there doing things on the web and... uh, and being connected with those older softwares that don't get the, the proper patches is going to be uh, dangerous. So okay. you should be able to install it, but all of the features are not necessarily going to be there, okay? All right. Thank you. Yep. All right. Up next, we have Kenneth Washington. So, Kenneth, if you could um, – there you go. Uh, yes. How are you doing, Eric? Uh, I just had a question regarding, um, I love the new feature in 
the 21 data um, OCRA document mm-hmm. and I'll send it directly to Word. Mm-hmm. Um, would you ever think of making the ability to send the information to um, Excel? Um, I save a lot of information off the internet. I print it to a PDF file and a lot of it is in predefined tables and being able to send that directly to Excel for me to review would be, um, it would be pretty helpful. Mm. So have you tried taking it from the results viewer, selecting it, copying it to the clipboard and pasting it into Excel? Uh, actually, I have. Sometimes it comes out a little um, a little funky sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I tried it in Word, too, doing the same thing, and <laughs> it's kind of like hit or miss. And I was thinking maybe if I could just send that information, information directly to Excel, it might work. Yeah, better. I don't we, – we don't – we wouldn't probably get many requests for that. I'm not sure it's something we're going to be uh, – I'm not – I can't tell you that that's something that's going to get done anytime soon. I would encourage you, though, with the 2021 release – when it gets written to the results viewer, we're using some different technology now. So you might want to try some of those things that have been kind of funky in the past when you selected and copied and pasted. Try them now with 2021. Okay. And you might get some better results. Okay? Okay. Great. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Uh, Jamaica, if you can unmute yourself. Jamaica Miller, you're okay to talk if you can admit yourself. This is Jamaica Miller, and I have a very important question about JAWS and um, and Thunderbird. Is is that still going to be a possibility for us to use with JAWS, or is that no longer no longer going to be used? It is so. Th- so Thunderbird is a is a, a browser or a, an email package that was created by Mozilla, and it's very popular, actually. There's a lot of people still using it. So we are attempting to uh, continue support for that, just as we do with Firefox. Uh, have you been running into changes in, in Thunderbird? I know they have made some adjustments. Have you run into some issues recently? I was having a whole bunch of difficulties and finally had to re finally had to redo my whole email address to make it cooperate. It I see. was not cooperating. So, I see. Um, well, it, it, is, so. it is something that we're trying to uh, maintain support of. I think, you know, for the most part, Outlook is used by the masses, but uh, Thunderbird is probably, at least in our community of screen reader users, it's probably the second most widely used. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, especially by people at home. So, um, no, we are we are trying to maintain that. And if you run into issues with it, and it's something from our side, by all means, let the support team know. Okay, thank you okay. so much. All right, thank you. Okay, Ms. Ibrahim Khalil, if you would like to, you're being commissioned to unmute. So I, Eric, um, I'm just wondering. Since I've been following the data, um, like uh, through all the programs and Facebook and stuff, I'm wondering if when this uh, comes out next month, if uh, there'll be any new voices, or we'll have to wait until like December to get stuff like that. Yeah, we ha- 
So that's a good question. We have not added any new voices in Vocalizer Expressive, but we are set up with Serons to be able to update our Vocalizer Expressive to the next version. Um, there's quite a, uh, quite a bit of work to get that to happen. It is on my list, and I'm hoping that that will occur during the 2021 release cycle here. So you won't see anything in this quarter. Can't promise anything for the second quarter or the first quarter of 2021, but watch in that, in that second quarter, and, uh, and that's something we want to add. They, they've made some improvements, not just for voices, but I think they've made some improvements in general for, for vocalizer expressives. So. Oh, when you say second quarter, do you mean like the end of? Um, yeah, I, I mean like July Mar- or Yeah, I mean like April, May, June timeframe. Okay, thanks. Okay, we will continue to update. So I, I mentioned the you know the release of twenty twenty one. The initial release will hit middle of November, but we've already got something scheduled that will hit in the by the middle of December. There'll be another update and in january towards the end of the month and we'll be rolling something out about every six weeks there'll be something new coming out um so so absolutely try and watch for those and keep up with those updates as they come out and that is it for our hands raised at this moment all right well thank you very much that was uh, a good bunch of questions and uh I think I should probably talk a little bit about um, Fusion, if I could, for just a minute or two. Um, the question comes up often, what is Fusion? What, uh, when should I consider Fusion? Or what would be different between ZoomText and Fusion? And I've tried to explain this to many people over the time. And I think, you know, the more I say it, I think the the more people uh, get that information and can help to spread it to others. ZoomText, of course, is magnification software. It's designed for if somebody is just doing magnification or they can have mag reader and they can get some reading. It's not really screen reading in the true sense, uh, but it is speech associated with the magnification software. But ZoomText is a program that assumes that you have enough vision to still navigate and get around using the mouse and your vision looking at the screen. Uh, and so if when I talk to consumers and they ask me, I, I usually start with that premise. Is this something you're still looking at a mouse pointer and you're going to try and navigate and click on things with the mouse? You probably want to start with ZoomText. If your vision has deteriorated uh, or your magnification level has gotten so high that getting around the screen with the mouse is not nearly as effective as it maybe was in the past, then Fusion gives you the added advantage of having JAWS for Windows running. And when JAWS is running, you have things like quick navigation keys and a, a lot a lot more at your disposal be, to be able to navigate using the keyboard. Um, and so that's really where I think Fusion uh, becomes a very powerful program because not only do you get the same magnification and colors and 
um, mouse enhancements and cursor enhancements that you would get running Zoom Text, but you get all of the screen reading capabilities and really the navigational aid that JAWS brings to the table. Plus, on job sites where somebody has written scripts in JAWS to be able to do something, uh, a Fusion product can take advantage of those scripts and be able to navigate and move around um, within the application uh, in the employment situation too. So Fusion is a, is a great product from that aspect. And that's really, I think, what the differences are. Uh, if you're using typing tutors like Typeability, which is designed to work with JAWS, because JAWS is in Fusion, you can use Typeability with Fusion as well. Um, and I think, you know, Brian is going to come on and talk a bit about Lisi. And I think his technology will also uh, tap into Fusion also. So uh, that's a, a little bit about those two products and, and, and what sets them apart. Now, the capabilities, I mentioned Voice Assistant is in JAWS and it's in Zoom Text. Well, some of the other things that I've talked about here, Picture Smart, Convenient OCR, uh, being able to change punctuation levels, notification keystrokes, team support, all of those things that you get in JAWS are also available to anyone using Fusion also. And if you're a trainer and you know JAWS really well and and you're working with somebody who's got some vision but you don't, going with Fusion for that person can help you because you know all the keystrokes to be able to navigate and do screen reading uh, so you can still assist. You can drive Fusion just like you would drive JAWS for Windows. So it's a it's a good product from that standpoint. And with that, I think I will relinquish the mic and uh, maybe turn it over to uh, you guys and Brian Harchin, and I'll sit back and listen a little. Thank you, Eric. It was another great hour. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll keep in touch here with what's happening with JAWS Fusion and ZoomText. As the release gets a little bit closer, but it's been a terrific and after, hour. After Jaws and Fusion and ZoomText come out, you, we have an FS open line toward That's right. the mid to November. So people have a chance to call in uh, and uh, comment on on the product as well. So those are always a lot of fun. Yep. Yep. So you're going to definitely stay busy. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um Brian Harchin, for those who don't know him, has been around for a long, long time doing assistive technology as a trainer, as a script writer for JAWS, uh, and has a number of different products that he has made available. His training page is is really something to take a look at because uh, it's gotten to the point now where you, where you take a look at a subject or a topic, and he's probably trained it and made it available on the Zoom platform or before this on the, uh, oh, no, I can't remember the name of the other pro- the other platform. Uh, anyway. Talking Communities. Talking Communities, yes. It, I, That's I mean, funny because we were there. We used it. Nice know, going, John. I, mean, I haven't thought about it. You were, how old are you now? I can't remember. Okay, I've checked my wallet. <laughs> But anyway, uh, we're very happy to have Brian come back and talk about uh, all of the things that he does so very well. And uh, welcome back to Main Menu, Brian. Thank you.
Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here today and uh, welcome along to everybody. Happy Halloween. And um, I would like to uh, just uh, introduce our company, although um, it's been done very well already. Uh, we've been in existence now for about six years and absolutely everything that we do relates to using JAWS and fusion. So uh, Eric was talking about using fusion just a few minutes ago. So whether it's uh, one of our training courses or one of our products, and we seem to have quite a collection of them now that we've built up over the years, that everything without exception works with fusion. Um, so what I thought I would do is uh, mainly talk about one of our products, which is called Lisi. And I'm going to tell you what that is very briefly and mainly focus on one particular part of it, first of all, because that's what I was invited here to do. And again, I'll uh, go into details about that. And then I'll pause and see if there are any questions about that particular aspect of Lisi. And then I'm very happy to uh, demonstrate other aspects of the product or indeed some of our other products and talk about them. And uh, that's how I'd like to conduct the hour, if that's okay with everybody. That's great. Okay, thank you. So Lisi is a product that works alongside the JAWS for Windows screen reader or Zoom Text Fusion. And putting it very briefly, it serves two very distinct purposes. It's ideal for the computer beginner, so someone who is just getting started with Windows, and we all remember those days, but it's also perfect for the intermediate or advanced JAWS user because it contains lots of tools, utilities, and services to make not only life a little bit easier, but also to improve your productivity as a computer and a JAWS user. Now, when we introduced Lisi for the computer beginner, the real basic user back in 2014, with all its great features, a lot of people who have been using JAWS for a very long time, they said, I'd like a slice of that. <laughs> So by far the majority of our customers, and I would say about 80% of them, possibly even more, are consequently Lisi advanced users. So they have been using JAWS for a very long time, but uh, they want some of what we are offering here. So Lisi stands for Learn, Enable, Advance, So Easy. People who are not used to working with a computer may like a very structured way of working with it for the first time, a menu-driven system, and that is what Lisi Basic has to offer. But we all want to aspire to greater things, don't we? To get things done on the computer very quickly and to enjoy it. And that's what Lisi Advanced allows us to do. Now, one of the tools that we have in Lisi is called Lisi Search. And we started this again back in 2014. Um, the first version of Lisi had Lisi Search in it, and it's grown over the years. And this is a little like the JAWS Research It feature. But if I can say so, I think it goes a little bit further in two ways. First of all, 
It contains a large number of sources to search with, and I'm going to show you some of those. But second, in the vast majority of cases, it does not rely upon web pages and interaction with web page sources, which can frequently change and put the uh, individual source a little bit out of sync or out of kilter. Um, it doesn't rely on those to get the information that it needs. What I've been tending to do, and don't forget that I have written all of our products without exception uh, using the JAWS scripting language, which just shows you how powerful JAWS can be. Um, I have relied upon various API technologies, application program interfaces to get us to where we need to be. Now, I mentioned Lisi Search because... Um, I was invited here particularly to hear, uh, to talk about the podcast facility that we have in there. Now, this was a tool that I initially wrote for my own use. And I often think, you know, when developing things that if you use a product that you're developing, then it is going to get better because you're refining it, you're testing it, you're using it because you want to use it. And so you're going to refine it. And that was the case here. And the reason that I uh, wrote the podcast tool, I know this is going to shock some people, <laughs> but I am not a big fan of podcasts, I have to say. But I do recognise that hundreds of people are, if not thousands. And I also recognise that there is a lot of information to be had um, as far as podcasts were concerned. A lot of information is transmitted by audio. So I wanted the ability to be able to search for podcasts and download individual episodes if I chose to do so. And when I had downloaded them, to be able to play them using my favourite media player, which may involve giving me the ability to skip through the podcast episode or to vary the speed because I listen to audio at a much faster rate, as I'm sure many of you do. So I put this feature into Lisi. The beta testers really seem to like it. And I, we then uh, put it into Lisi itself and gave it to the public. And uh, people are praising it all the time, which I'm absolutely thrilled about. So before I demonstrate it, uh, just a few things to say about the podcast element of Lisi Search. First, it relies upon the iTunes application program interface from Apple to get the podcast information. Now, that doesn't mean to say that you have to have iTunes installed. You definitely don't have to. Uh, what we're just using is the service that Apple provide in order to get the podcast information. And I think if a podcast is not on iTunes, it's probably, <laughs> I wouldn't say not worth listening to, but uh, you might want to think again. Uh, I think most podcasts are. Uh, secondly, this is not going to download episodes of a podcast automatically. With all of Lisi's features, I'm always trying to put you, the user, in control. So you're going to look through the episodes and you decide which ones you want to download or listen to. And above all, where to save them to. 
because that's something else that um, a lot of podcast uh, clients, if there are any accessible ones for Windows, they don't always give you the ability uh, to be able to save things in specific locations uh, relative to the podcast that you want. So um, that is one thing that I was very keen to, uh, to put in. So with all that said, um, I am going to demonstrate that now. And I hope you will be able to hear the jaws. You should be able to. So I'm going to go into Lisi Search. I won't worry you about keystrokes at this stage. Lisi Search dialog. List one, list view. Google one of 29. Okay, so we're in Lisi Search now. And the first um, option there is Google. So uh, let me just arrow down a little bit here so you can hear about some of the sources that we've got. But we're going to look at podcasts. News, two of 29. So we've got news. We've got over 60 different news sources in there that you can choose from. RSS, three of 29. We've got an RSS reader. Podcast search, four of 29. And there's podcasts, which I'll come back to in just a second. Weather, five of 29. So we've got a very, very comprehensive weather app. Uh, not only can you get the current forecast for anywhere in the world, but you can get it uh, on an hour-by-hour hour basis. Uh, you can get a forecast for the next uh, week. You can also customise it so you can decide whether uh, you want it in uh, Celsius or Fahrenheit. Um, you can get um, uh, sunrise and sunset, moonrise and moonset, those sorts of things. It's very comprehensive. We've got a currency converter in there. Very simple and easy to use. Amazon seven of We've got uh, various other tools. We've got uh, a number of library book catalogues, including the uh, National Library Service that you have over there. I believe you call it BARD. Um, I did work very closely with their development team in order to make that a really good interface. So let's go back to podcasts, because that's what we're here to do. Podcast search, 4 of 29. Okay, so I'm going to press enter on that now. Lisi cast dialogue, list one, list view, focus on the family marriage podcast. Okay, let's just um, move up a little bit here. Search for podcast by name or category, one of four. So we've got, uh, in this list, there are currently four options, and I'm going to show you what they are. So the first one. Search for podcast by name or category, one of four. Search for podcast by name or category. So if you know the name of a podcast, or you want to uh, type in... Um, a, a category or a genre um, relating to different podcasts that you might want to search for, you can do that. I think I used the example of family there. Um, then you can do that. Add podcast feed to Lisi Cast manually, two or four. So if you know the URL pointing to the RSS feed of the podcast, then you can add it there if you want to. But below that... Blind Bargains Audio, featuring the BB cast, technology news, interviews, and more, three or four. That isn't something that you get with Lisi by default. That is a podcast that I have added. I've added a couple here just for test purposes. So you're going to see those two default options at the top of the list, and then you're going to see all the podcasts that you have subscribed to. I don't like that uh, term particularly, but it seems to be the one that people use. I would prefer to say that you have added to your Cast favourites. Okay, so that is uh, that particular one. And then below that, I've got another one that I added for test purposes. 
Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast 404. Okay, Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. That is one that I got from uh, Apple and iTunes. So let's go back to the beginning. Search for podcast by name or category 104. Okay, so we've got that one. We're going to search. We're going to press enter on that. Ed, search for podcast dialogue. Please type the podcast name or a genre such as family, then press enter edit. So I always try to make my instructions clear and concise when you move into a dialogue so that you know exactly what to do at any given time. So it's asking you to do what I said earlier. And, well, there is this podcast and it's called Main Menu. I don't know if anybody's heard of it, but we're going to try and find it. Okay, so um, I did test this earlier. So I'm going to type main menu in here, which I have done, and I can read the current line with insert up arrow. Main menu. And I'm going to press enter on that. Edit, please wait. List of possible podcasts, dialogue, list one, list view, main menu, one of three. Now, interestingly, there are two podcasts in the iTunes directory with the title of main menu. Okay, so the one we want, I happen to know, is the first one. Because, as I say, I tested it earlier. But if we have a, a look further down... The main menu podcast, two or three. That is not the one that we want, I don't think. And the next one down... Main menu legacy, three or three. So, however many podcasts there are that match your search criteria it will return a good list of them so if you had put marriage or family in there for example it probably would have come up with about 50 or 60 i would have thought but let's go back to the first one the main menu one of three i'm going to press enter on this at least wait Technology. Okay, now it would have started reading automatically, but I've just stopped it because I want to go through it with you and tell you about some of these items that it's showing here. So what we've got is the results viewer screen. I have tended to use the results viewer quite a lot these days. It's a little bit slower than the old virtual buffer method, but um, it, it does give us the advantage that we can use a lot of extra rich content, such as HTML in there. So let me go to the top and I'll guide you through this. Technology from a blindness perspective. Okay, so what we're going to get first of all, Blank. that was a little description about it. Link copy podcast feed the clipboard. So the first thing that you can do is, uh, there is a hyperlink, copy the podcast link to clipboard. Now on the initial release, we didn't actually have this. Um, but it was requested by one of our users who wanted to be able to get the feed onto the clipboard and paste it into some external podcast reading device. Um, it's not something that I've ever done, but they were very keen on this, and I do try to listen to what people are asking for. So that is in there, and if we move down... Link add this podcast to the Lisi Cast list. So add this podcast to the Lisi Cast list. We're going to do that uh, perhaps shortly. Heading level one main menu live major announcements and some guidance in your life. Heading level one episode notes. So what I have done is made sure that each um, new episode starts with a heading level. Because below the title of the episode... Coming up this evening on Main Menu Live, we have a number of things to talk with all of you about. 
podcasts, podcasts, and more podcasts. Yes, we have exciting things to mention about this. So these are the show notes. So it could well be that you don't want to hear the details about this particular episode. So you have a choice, of course. You can either press H to move to the next one, or you can um, you can press insert F6, of course, in order to bring up your list of headings. But what we're going to do for the purposes of this demonstration is we're just going to skim down these show notes a little bit here. But they are all here. And if there are any links associated uh, with the show notes, if there are web sources, for example, that are linked to, then they are shown here in the results viewer. Okay, so let's move down. You'll be aware how AI and then come in the link download or stream main menu live major announcements and some guidance in your life. So below the show notes, there is a link. Okay, and it says download or stream. And then I've given you the title of the episode. So there is no room for doubt as to what it is that you are about to download or stream. Okay, so I'm going to do this now, and I'm going to show you what happens, because when you press enter on this link, it's actually going to load the episode, or should do, into your web browser, which in my case is Microsoft Edge. So I'll press enter on it. Download or stream main menu live major announcements and some guidance in your live link video. Opinions expressed on ACB radio are those... Does that sound familiar? Okay, so it is now playing in the browser in Edge. So I've muted that just temporarily with Control-M. And if I do that again... There we go. So it's definitely working. Um, so what I can do now is I can save that. So if I press Control-S for Sierra... Save as dialogue, file name, edit combo, main menu, live major announcements and guidance in your life. And that is a standard save as dialogue box. So if I wanted to, I could press home, the home key, and I could type in a path before the title and then press enter, which would save it in my favorite folder. I, I also have a feature in here called Leasy Cuts which allows you to save to specific folders of your choosing. So you can use that, or you can just browse to it in the normal way uh, that you would use a Save As dialog. So um, hopefully the conventions are quite straightforward in terms of you being able to uh, know how to save this in a familiar way to you. Okay, so I'm just, I'm not actually going to save it. Uh, I'm just going to back out of this. So I'm still actually in the web browser at the moment. So I'm going to press Alt F4 to close this down now that I've finished listening to it, because of course I don't need to save it because it's still going on there. The board for Zoom, so. You see, um, it's, it's still going on. So all I need to do is to listen to it in the browser if I want to. But if you wanted to listen to it on a, um, in a media player, such as VLC media player, which Lisi has additional scripts for to make it more accessible, then you can certainly do that. So if I press Alt F4 now to close the browser down, results viewer, you'll see that we're back in the results viewer. So if you've listened to the start of an episode of a podcast and you think, I actually didn't really want to listen to that, uh, you can stop it. You can come back here to the results viewer. And where are we? Visited link download or stream main menu live. Main. We're in exactly the same place where we left off. 
So it's, I hope, very intuitive to be able to use. Now, there are a couple of things uh, that I haven't demonstrated there. Uh, let's just go back to um, the top of the page here. Visited link up, coming up in October on main menu. Technology from a blank. Link copy podcast feed the clipboard. Link add this podcast to the Lisi cast list. There you are. Add this podcast to the Lisi cast list. So hopefully if I press enter on this now. You have added main menu to Lisi cast. It says you have added main menu to Lisi cast. Right. Have we actually done that? I don't trust anything. So let's go back to Lisi search. We'll press P for podcast. And don't forget, although there are a lot of sources in here, um, uh, you can use first letter navigation. So P for podcast. Podcast search. Okay, press enter. Cast dialogue. List one, list two. Search for podcast by name or category. One to five. Ah, we've got five. So if we arrow down here. Focus on the main menu. Five or five. Main menu. And if you were to press enter on that, of course, you wouldn't have to go through all the, the business of searching for it because you're, you're just going to get the latest episodes right away. So it's going to present them to you in date order with the most recent first. Now, the other thing that you would want to know, of course, is how to remove or in inverted commas, in quotation marks, unsubscribe from a podcast. Well, you can do that in the same way that you would delete anything else in Lisi. You arrow to the item that you would want to delete, and I'm focused on it here, and you would press what we call the Lisi key. Um, it's like the insert space within JAWS. It's a layered key, but we call it the Lisi key, and we use it for a lot of our functions. It's actually the graph accent key, which is situated to the immediate left of number one on the numbers row of the keyboard. So you would press the Lisi key followed by the delete key. And that would erase or remove the item from the list. If you have downloaded any podcasts or any episodes relating to the one that you've deleted, of course, they are not going to be removed. All you are removing here is the link between Lisi and the podcast feed itself. And if you've done that by mistake, you can certainly go back and resubscribe. You've just seen how easy it is to find what it is that uh, you want using the uh, Apple uh, podcast system there. So that is an overview of um, Lisi. Uh, the podcast section. I'm quite happy to um, take any questions at this point and then perhaps demonstrate one or two other uh, notes that I've made here of things that I thought you might like to see. Okay, Brian, thank you. Okay, I yes. have a question first. Um, Please do. Okay. Uh, this is Jeff. Um, just uh, for those who may have a uh, OPML file or an XML file of uh, podcast episodes that they have subscribed to in say, in QCast or another application. Uh, do you know if Lisi today will allow you to import those podcast subscriptions into Lisi? Not today, um, but we do have it. Um, you'll notice there in Lisi Search, we have an RSS uh, reader in there. And there is a function in there which does it, but we have had quite a number of difficulties with it. So 
we would prefer at this point, before we uh, introduce that, is if people could um, just quickly find the podcasts that they want. Uh, it doesn't require a great deal of effort. Um, if people could do that, it would be helpful. But that's not to say that um, I won't put that in next year. Uh, we'll give it another try and see uh, what happens. But it is there for the RSS reader. Okay, um, as, bef- as was the case last hour, if you have any questions for Brian, use Alt-Y on the PC to raise your hand, star 9 on the phone to do so, and then I will call on your name and ask you to unmute, which you can do with star 6 on the phone, um, Alt-A on the PC, and on your iPhone, the lower right-hand corner. All right, let me uh, see who we've got here, Brian, for you. Okay, Lynette, you are allowed to talk. Lynette, if you could unmute yourself. Yes, um, thank you. I'm going to turn speech off. I'm sorry. Um, do, are you going to have variable speed at all? Is that a feature you might come out with in the future at all? Thank well, you. Uh, thank you, Lynette. Lovely to mm-hmm. hear from you. Um, okay, so in the browser, there is not the ability to vary the speed. But as I've said, one of the reasons that I wrote this in the first place was because, like you, I would want variable speed because I like Mm -hmm. to listen to my audio much faster. So what this does is it does allow you to download the file, as I demonstrated, and then you can use it using any one of a number of audio players which do allow you to... Um, uh, to listen to audio at varying speeds. So Winamp is one of them. That's a player that a lot of us still use. Um, There is VLC, which we've got some very, very good support for, um, specific to Lisi. Uh, There is also, actually, um, just, just one second, because there is a new player which has uh, uh, just come to my attention a couple of days ago, uh, which is actually called uh, Arthax, which has been developed specifically for screen reader users. It is developed in Germany, and although the English is somewhat suspect at the moment in terms of some of its prompts, it has the potential to be an extremely good and powerful audio player. Uh, I'm very impressed with its initial feature set. If this is a version one, then um, it promises to have a great deal in store for us. So uh, that is one to watch, possibly. Is is that called R, thanks, as in A-H, thanks? No, 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 no. Um, It is called uh, A-R, that's Alfa Romeo T for tango h for hotel a for alpha x for x oh my gosh okay i'm glad i asked (laughs) okay okay i'm glad you asked too thank you okay thank you for your question okay kenneth washington uh yes hi brian Uh, i actually have a question it's a two-part question regarding adding um podcasts to the favorites list is there a limit on how many you can ask and also um are you able to arrange them in any kind of order maybe move one to the top and um you know one after the other any way you choose actually right (laughs) the first the answer to the first question is no there is no limit as far as i know 
So you can have hundreds of them. That should be absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, the second is um, not quite yet. No, you can't rearrange them. But um, in the last version of Lisi that uh, came out uh, just a, a month or two ago, um, I started to experiment with exactly this concept. So you, you will have heard when I went into Lisi search, there are, I think, about 29 different sources that you can search for, from. Now, I've given you the ability there to be able to rearrange them or even remove the sources that you don't think that you want anymore. So if we can do it with that, that was just the start of, of doing that. Um, so I don't see why we can't do it with the podcasts also. Okay, thank you. Brian, does the search have ability to search for sports scores, like for baseball or football, American sports? Uh, um, no, it doesn't, um, because this is a very international thing. Okay, okay so, I just wondered. No, no it's, it's a great question because it comes up time and time again. Um, so I'm very glad that you've asked it. Um, but obviously, there, there are so many different types of sports, um, uh, so many countries where there are uh, all kinds of variations. So what I've tried to do with the Lisi search is to make sure that we have things that suit all different uh, countries. So, uh, for example, we've been asked in the past to support Pandora, which is, I understand, a radio service mm -hmm. that you have in the United States. Now, I've I've resisted against that because we don't have it here in the UK. Okay, so it would only be for the American market uh, where that would be uh, where that would be useful. So, if we could find a platform. Uh, an API that gave us uh, sports for every conceivable uh, um, sporting activity or those that people would be interested in right across the world. Yeah, I, I would be quite interested in doing that, um, but certainly we don't have it at the moment. Okay. Renee, um, you're able to talk if you can unmute yourself. Uh, I am born blind. I'm a teacher for, for blind people in Denmark. What about Lisi in another language? We are not going to, to do this. Okay, so let me just explain. Again, it's a great question, and thank you for asking for it, but I want to explain our philosophy on um, supporting different languages. So it would be quite easy for um, our different products to be adapted into different languages, perhaps with the exception of our JSA product, which works with uh, Dragon Naturally Speaking, uh, because you talk to it and it talks back to you. So it, it, that would be quite easy, um, and anyone can do that. But I believe that if you are going to produce a product on a commercial basis, which is what we're doing we're not we're not giving this away it's not it's not something that we're, we're doing as a hobby or anything like that as an interest on a commercial level you have to be able to offer a number of other different things in that language so the documentation for Lisi runs to hundreds of pages that needs to be translated um, accurately so that our intentions are communicated in the chosen language um, also, I believe that the customers who buy a product 
in a, using a specific language should receive support in that language and sales in that language. So if we were to partner with a company, maybe a JAWS distributor, who would be willing to enter into a joint partnership with us uh, to work on a specific product like Lisi um, and to financially invest with us in it, then absolutely we could work on something like that. But that is our philosophy um, in terms of languages. Now, with our voice recognition products, uh, for example, we partnered with uh, a company in Germany, who distribute Dragon Naturally Speaking. And they did an excellent job in helping us develop German versions of our products. So we know it can be done, but we also know that it's a very financially um, uh, intensive and, and it's a, it's a time-consuming process to adapt the products in the way that we want. So I know that's not the answer that you want to hear, but it is the one that we are not going to move from. Okay, Beth, um, you're allowed to talk if you could unmute yourself to ask your question. Thank you very much, and great main menu show, as always. And I have a question about a specific podcast, Accessible World, and it is not on the Apple, uh, the iTunes. And the reason I know that is that I, I'm unable to get it on my um, podcatcher that I use in for my Apple stuff, Overcast. And I was wondering, in that case, would you then go to the RSS and put in the feed instead that is, of podcast? That's, ex that's exactly what you would do, yes. So you would get the feed, um, uh, ideally on the clipboard, so it was accurate. And then you would go to the second option, which is to add the RSS feed manually. Uh, and press enter and then you would paste it in there and uh, that will then be added for you you would see the details of it we what we do is we uh, check out the feed make sure that it is a valid rss feed and as a consequence we'll give it the title of it and say this is the one that we found do you really want to add it and then you can select yes and then it will be added for you Okay, thank you very much. I would also check under the program because Accessible World isn't necessarily the program. If it's, a, if it's Tech Talk or Radio Out of the Past, those are yes. under the umbrella of Accessible World, but that may be why you're not finding them. That could well be it. Yeah. I'm just going to say it's under Tech Talk as the name. Correct. And I know for certain that it's available in Overcast that way. If you search for Tech Talk and uh, look there, it will say Tech Talk. And it will pause and say accessible world. So you'll be able to find it that way for sure. And I, overcast I well. know it's under iTunes too. We, I think it's yeah. under most platforms. I think in Tech Talk is not T-E-C-H in this case. It's T-E-K. I think it's T-E-K. Yeah, it, it is. Uh -huh. yeah. Mm -hmm. Diane Scalzi. Good evening again. Uh, Brian, it's so nice to talk to you in person. It is lovely to talk with you, Diane, and I hope that you're keeping well. Yes, well, I, I am so far. Anyway, um, back when I had the total package, which has, you know, I guess both the Lisi uh, Basic and Lisi Advanced and the uh, DAISY book documentation, yes. um, there, was, there was a feature in, in there that 
there's a feature in there actually that I still use because I love it. Um, and it's called um, write a letter with your home address. Ah, yes, I remember that one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, because it's in that, um, it's in that uh, word menu for it's editing, finding, menu. and editing text, I believe. Yes, so you set it up uh, just for people who don't know. You set it up with your uh, home address, and then you're able to create a letter based on that home address. I think that's yes. how it works. Yeah. Yes. So my question, though, is: I know that when you um, when you use that, it puts the current date in to your uh, to your letter heading. And um, I was working on a letter and wanting to change the date, and I didn't see a menu item on how to do that. So I went into the insert um, menu in Word and did it. Okay. So I don't know if I'm missing something or, you know, you're if not, that's something you might want to put back in. <laughs> you're not, Diane. There, there is, um, uh, what it does is it actually gets it in the format that it is uh, displayed to you in Windows as a whole. And it puts it in there. Now, um, that definitely could be changed. We have all kinds of uh, features in Lisi relating to dates. You can find out what day of the week something is on. You can find out how many days there are between specific dates and all kinds of things. So I don't see why we can't make that date part customizable really so if you wanted the uh, the day first then the month or you wanted abbreviated so nine nine twenty things like that um I, i'm sure we could come up with something to to make that work i will write that down as soon as we finish today yeah what what i would want as i say is the ability to change the date that i have at the top of my letter to whatever the current date is now yes in whatever format like in Word, I, I you know I found it because it had the the day, the month, and the year. You know, as one of the uh, choices in in Word when you go to uh, to insert a date. So that's what I used. But uh, I, t- I tell you what we'll do when we get to that uh, point. Um, then I will uh, construct the feature, and then I will follow up with you to make sure that we actually have it right in the way that you have suggested it. And then we'll see where we go from there. That would be wonderful. I I would appreciate that. Thank you very much. Okay. No problem at all. Okay. Jamaica Miller, if you could unmute yourself and ask your question. My question is, um, can can you still use um, Lacey with the... with a with a Windows computer still just by accessing it and going to the different podcasts. What what we'll try to do is to make it very easy for you in order to be able to um, uh, find the podcasts that you want, as you've heard, and also to uh, be able to add them to your favorites list. You don't need to have iTunes on your machine at all for this to work. So you're not going to get involved and enmeshed in the um, uh, Apple ecosystem, so to speak, because iTunes is very difficult for some people to use. So I've always tried to make things as as simple 
as possible to use, but as powerful as possible as well. So I think you would find it quite easy. And I should also point out that we have on our website, um, it's right there on the homepage, if I recall, there's a link called Leasy Bytes. And there are about 50 of them up there. They are short audio tutorials. They usually run for about 10 minutes, um, unless there's something um, very lengthy that I want to talk about. Uh, An average of 10 minutes, and each one will deal with a specific topic. So I'm sure we've got one on the podcast facility, uh, demonstrating it in even more detail than uh, what I have done here. And you're very welcome to go over there and uh, have a listen to it, download it uh, if you would like to, so you get an idea as to a little more about the functionality. Thank you. Thank you so much, because I've I've been wanting to do podcasts for several weeks now and and haven't and haven't been able to know how to how to do it. So thank you. Okay. Thank you very much for your question and best of luck. Okay. Don Barrett, if you could all right, I think I'm unmuted. Yep, we can hear well, you. We can hear you, Don. Hi, Brian. Good evening to you. To talk to you. So I just wanted to say to the good folks out there who don't have Lisi, it is a gold mine. And the reason is Brian is a JAWS user, an expert script writer, and he's a blind person like the rest of us. And so what you've got is somebody who prepares programs and applications that do exactly what we need them to do, how we need them to do it. You know, I used to think I would love to have a podcatcher for Windows that I could easily go through and hit enter on the ones I wanted and then just hit H and go to all the episodes. So having Lisi casts for me was like a fantasy come true. And that's because you got a guy like Brian who can write scripts magnificently, knows what we need, knows how we think. In Jamaica, I'll tell you, this runs on Windows, and it is so easy to use. You will love it. So I just encourage, and we haven't even scratched the surface. There are dozens and dozens of wonderful Lisi features, which, like Lisi casts, are all written to be easy. They speak perfectly and they give you exactly what you need when you need it. So anyone who doesn't have it, and I know Diane can vouch for it and any other Lisa user, go get it. It is magnificent. John, may I also add quickly to what you said? Because I know that the bulk of the people who listen to podcasts now listen on their iPhones or they listen on their phones or some form of Apple device. Uh, most of us who wanted window wanted the podcasts on a Windows platform were out of luck because most of them were not developed anymore. They just they just weren't. So uh, we've been, John and I both have had Lisi for, I don't know, a couple of years. And when I heard that Brian was going to institute Lisi podcasts, I thought, cool, there are podcasts I haven't heard in a very long time because I can't get them on the pod, on, on the uh, Windows platform because they're not being developed. And it has been terrific. And the check is not in the mail, Brian. 
it's very <laughs> kind of you, um, both of you, to uh, give me those compliments. I really do appreciate it. And when we uh, released the uh, the first version of the Lisi cast, so I think it was earlier on this year, uh, we did get uh, some comments from um, uh, people like uh, John and Larry, um, uh, and they were suggesting some refinements. I think there were one or two podcasts that were not working quite well, um, and uh, they have been fixed. So um, I do try to listen to uh, the the, um, the the thoughts that are coming through from other people um, about the um, the different. Um, features that we have and try and improve them if I possibly can. But again, thank you both very much. Hey, Brian. I'm just wondering, uh, you know, some of us love Lisi and some of us also love, and I've, I think I've brought this up to you before, I just wanted to check in about it. You know, your station playlist studio scripts, which are just also an amazing art of work um, and, and make broadcasting a breeze and make things so much simpler. In fact, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to talk about your music uh, product that's coming out later oh, yeah. this year too. Um, and I was just curious if, if there's been any advancement or any work done to integrate Lisi and the studio script so that they will play together because I, currently I don't think they, they will uh, you know, cr- no work side by side at this point. You are quite right. They don't at the moment, but Yes, there is some work being done on that now um, because um, we we have a new product coming out, which I, I can talk about shortly, perhaps before we finish. Um, and this relates to uh, obtaining music um, or information about music, I should say. But in the context, while that development was going on, um, I actually did find a way that we might be able to integrate all of the products together. So, yes, I would think um, perhaps at the start of um, 2021, in fact, at the, at, towards the beginning of it, I would say it won't go far too far into 2021. You should be able to be able to do what you want to be able to do. Cool. We have one. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say cool because I have three versions of Jaws running. One is the beta. And an older version, which is 2019, that I ordinarily wouldn't use. But if I want to use Station Playlist, I have to have it on its own version because it doesn't do well currently with with Lisi uh, products as well. But I know yes, that's going to be fixed. It's all to do yeah. with uh, keystroke conflict. Uh uh-huh, really. Right. We have we have one more uh, hand up, and that's from Abraham Khalil. So if you can lower your hand, uh, unmute yourself, sir. Excuse me, and uh, you should be able to speak. There you go. So um, I love what you did with the podcasting, Brian. I'm just wondering, I sometimes listen to your uh, Lala cast programs on the website, and I was wondering, is that possible to get those to uh, the iTunes director as well, or you only have to put them on the iTunes uh, website? No. That, that was very, very occasional, very occasional yeah. uh, series of podcasts. So no, no, we're not doing any more with that, I'm afraid. Okay. Cool. Okay. And that's it for raised hands. So. That's good. Thank you very much, David. Uh, for I've got to congratulate you on the way that you're managing the uh, the Zoom conference because we do quite a lot with Zoom um, with our scripts and so on. And you're doing. Well, I'm that. using yours to do it, so I really well, appreciate that. Well, and your training course was excellent as well. Thank so you very helped. much. It's it's really sounding great what you're doing there. <laughs> 
Thank you. Um, okay. So, um, yes, as Don pointed out, we really only have scratched the surface with uh, Lisi. I would say there are about 60, 60 features in there at the moment, really to help with all manner of tasks um, within JAWS and general everyday computing. And uh, our Lisi bytes that I alluded to earlier, they do demonstrate, I would say, most of the features. So you can get a good idea as to uh, what they what the different features do. I just thought I would demonstrate just one other quick one. Um, and that would be the weather, because a lot of people like to know about the weather. And this used to be available in research, I think, if I remember correctly. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. OK, so um, let's just go into the weather and I'll just show you quickly how that works. And then we'll get on to the uh, other new product just before we go. So I'm going back into Lisi Search and I'll type W for weather, weather and press enter. Get weather report dialog. Please type a postal code, zip code, city name or town name, then press enter for local weather type nearby. For recent searches, type recent edit. Now, you can get recent locations. You can get a list of those if you've searched for uh, different um, place names in the past. Um, there's one that's called nearby there, which is quite interesting. So it will detect where you are by your IP address, I think it is, and it will tell you that. But I'm going to type in our uh, postal code here, uh, which uh, you guys would call a zip code, and I'm going to press enter on this. Edit, please wait. Ready. Okay, and it said ready. Location is carefully. Now it says location is carefully, which is where we live. Region is Mid Glamorgan, country is UK. Local date and time, Thursday, 29 October 2021, 46 a.m. The temperature is 11C, which is 51F. That's about right. Current weather summary, light rain. Wind speed is 28 kph. Humidity is 82%. Feels like 8C, which is 46F. Blank. Now, you'll notice uh, back there that it said... Humidity is 8, wind speed is 28 kph. For example, the wind speed. Now, you can customize all of this output... There is a link at the bottom of this screen, and it's configure the weather. That doesn't mean that you can configure whether it's going to be raining or sunny. <laughs> it does mean that you can configure the output. Um, so um, you can choose whether you want it, as I say, in Celsius or Fahrenheit, whether you want the wind speed, and so on and so forth. So there's quite a bit of um, manipulation you can do there. Minimum temperature, 7C, which is 44F. Maximum temperature, 13C, which is 55F. Average temperature, 11C, which is 51F. The forecast ahead is overcast. Sunrise, 7.02 a.m. Sunset, 4.50 p.m. Moonrise, 4.35 p.m. Moonset, 4.20 a.m. Moon phase, full moon. Moon illumination, 83%. So that's the maximum kind of information you're going to get. And then... Link next day. You can press enter on that link to go to the next day. Link forecast for today. And forecast for today, what that's going to do is give you an hour-by-hour forecast as to or what it has been like for the whole day. And it's going to give you quite a bit of information hour-by-hour. The chance of snow as a percentage, um, the chance of rain as a percentage, and things like that. It's very, very detailed uh, what the weather app can actually do. Um, So so that is weather. so I'm going to leave Lisi Search there. 
And there were just a couple of other things I thought you might like to know about that I'm not going to demonstrate, but they relate to Microsoft Outlook. So I've done quite a lot of work with the Outlook calendar um, because um, some people do find the way that JAWS delivers the uh, content of items in the day view in the calendar a little bit verbose. So uh, there's been quite a bit of scripting done on that side to uh, make sure that you can flick through appointments quickly and easily, those sorts of things. Uh, we don't actually have a leasey bite on that, and I must uh, give some attention to that. There is also the ability to bring attachments into a vertical list. So what's the big deal about that? <laughs> because you can already get to attachments in Microsoft Outlook. But sometimes people actually put attachments in the body of an email message and pressing shift and tab does not get to those attachments. I'm thinking particularly of graphical images as well that may appear within email messages. So you'll be arrowing through a message and you'll hear there's a graphic there, but you won't know what that graphic relates to. So what you can do is you can press our keystroke, which brings up a list of attachments, and it'll also bring up a list of the graphic images as well. And what you can do is you can press enter on any one of those. It will save the graphic or attachment to a folder of your choosing. And then what you can do is you can head across to that uh, folder, find the file that it's downloaded, and use PictureSmart on it. And Eric was talking about PictureSmart earlier on. It's a wonderful feature, actually, PictureSmart. It does a great job. I've always been a fan of it. And uh, even if there is text alongside the image or with the image, uh, it's going to extract that text and give it to you. It's a lovely feature, it is, of JAWS. So uh, that's something in Outlook that uh, you might be uh, interested in. Uh, as I say, there are lots of other things that it can do, but we are running out of time. So I'll just tell you that there is... Um, a new product which we're bringing out, and it is called the Muse, M-U-Z-E. I have to be careful about how I say that. M-U-Z-E. <laughs> um, and the idea with this is that it will uh, allow you to search different music sources. It is for people like me who do a lot of broadcasting, but who want to be very thorough about the information that we're giving um, within our programs um, relating to the music that we're playing. So there is a variety of sources that you can um, check. You can get um, individual charts brought back to you from, I think, 1940. I think that's as far as we go back, actually, um, in terms of the US anyway. Um, and with us in the UK, it's 1947, I think it is, for the sheet music charts, before we had the single singles charts. But you've got singles and albums you can get uh, chart listings for. You can search to find out uh, when a particular song um, actually charted. If you don't know um, how many weeks it was on the chart, you can find out um, who played specific instruments on pieces of music. And I think 
that's important, particularly if you're working with something like jazz. You'll want to know that information, who the vocalists were, uh, when the items were released, and all kinds of things. So we're talking uh, right back as far as, say, 1940, up to the present day. And I do mean the present day. Okay, late 2020. Um, So there are all kinds of sources in there. Um, And if I can just ask David to see if there are any questions while I swap over to JAWS 2021, um, I may be able to quickly demonstrate something for you before we go. You are good so far, so... Okay, so I just wait for JAWS 2021 to start, and I am just adjusting the speech rate here so that we can... And I think or, you mentioned also that you can look up biographies on various You can look well, up biographies. You can look up lyrics of songs as well. Um, so there are all kinds of sources here. Now, some of these, uh, when you go into the different sources, um, what I have done is reformatted the web pages from which these items derive. Um, So this is particularly the case with the charts, for instance. So let's say, for example, I'm just going to pick something at random here. Uh, Let me see. Okay, so I'm going to turn the jaws up. So what it's asking me for, I'm just using one source very quickly at the moment. It's asking for the start date uh, where I want to be. So I'm going to choose the first of November, and let's go to, I don't know, 1983, for example. So we'll go with singles, and we'll go for the US, I think. Okay, let's see what we've got. Link return. Link return to search. Okay, so there's a return to search link there. Ultimate music database one. Islands in the stream. Kenny Rogers with Dolly Parton. Last week one. Peak one. Entered on one nine eight three zero eight two seven at number fifty eight. Twenty five weeks on chart. So what I've done is I've tried to present the information in a format that I think everybody could understand. I don't think there could be any room for doubt on that. Um, as to the information, well, let's just give you one more. Two. All night long, all night. Lionel Richie, last week three, peak one, entered on one nine eight three zero nine one seven at number 62, 24 weeks on chart. So you're going to go right down to however many there are here. Let's see how many there are. There's 80 in that particular list. Um, so you're going to get a lot of information there, and we are going to be releasing that product to give you all that musical knowledge on, I think, the 2nd of, of December the date is and what we're doing with that it's a set of jaws scripts of course but we're also offering some free training with that uh, through zoom because this isn't just about the mechanics of how you use the different sources and there are keystrokes that you can use quickly so you can get to your favorite ones but it's about what source to use when And how are you going to get the most out of it so that you can find precisely what you want very quickly so that you can start putting your details for your programs together? Brian, you have another question? I don't mean to cut in. That's absolutely fine. I've just finished on what I wanted to say there. It needs to be very, very quick because we need to be out in about four minutes. All right, last question then. Renee? Um, I know I can search in English 
things. Uh, I'm an old radio man like you. And um, can I add some search uh, destinations? Okay, I'll try and speed this up a little bit with all due respect. Are you asking if you can search in other languages? No, uh, I mean, can I search in another uh, directory, as so in Danish? Danish charts, I think. Yes, I think that's what you are asking. Um, yes, I, d- I don't see why not, yes. Uh, just thank you for your question. Just to give the website details, it is hartrandconsultancy.com. That's H-A-R-T-G-E-N, consultancy.com. And I'd like to thank the main menu team for giving me the opportunity of being here today. It's very much appreciated. And uh, maybe I could come back in the future at some stage. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Brian, for being here with us tonight. This has just been absolutely wonderful. And uh, thanks to John and Larry and, and David and everybody. It's been great, huh? Hi, guys. Absolutely wonderful. I loved yeah, it. Absolutely. We have another one coming up next month, too. We do, so. and, and we'll be announcing that in November, and it will be a week earlier because of the Thanksgiving Day holiday. So stay tuned. Just keep in mind, we'll be exploring on Main Menu Live, and we'll just give you a little tidbit of a hint right there. So stay tuned. We'll give you more about that coming up in the next week or two. Okay, I think we're done for this evening. Thank you all for being with us on Zoom and on ACB Radio. And so for John and Jeff and David, thank you all, and uh, good night from Main Menu.